comes down, when the rain 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 comes down, hasta smile. Hasta smile. Filming live from a brand new location. We're in, yeah, filming. We're filming. It's okay. <laughs> no, we're not filming with the camera. No, just recording. <laughs> so we're ah, okay. We're recording live from a uh, new location in Nashville. We're in Nashville, right? Yes. <laughs> we're in Nashville, Tennessee. We're here celebrating Tyler's thirtieth birthday. Give it up for Tyler. <laughs> So Tyler's old now. Yep, yep. So that was pretty cool. It's been a, a really uh, fun weekend for everybody. But right now, we have a different special guest. We have the third and youngest sibling of the Feltz family. Let's give it up for Christian, the bird nerd, Felt. <laughs> hello, hello. <laughs> Welcome to the podcast, Christian. Thank you. This is your first time. How does it feel? Pretty cool. <laughs> pretty cool. Pretty cool. Well, before we start, I do want to just say one thing to get a little bit sentimental on you. I do want to say that the one thing that I think is super cool about you is that you have pretty much always been like yourself, you know, and uh me like growing up I always like really wanted to be like Tyler and then like even in school it was uh like hard for a long time because I was a nerd but I wanted to be cool and I and I wasn't like cool enough to really like go hang out with the cool kids but I tried my hardest and you know I tried for a long time to kind of be somebody that I wasn't and it took me a long time to kind of figure out who I really was and um so it's been really cool to like see you since day one pretty much always have been yourself so oh well thanks I just wanted to tell you, I just wanted to tell you that so <laughs> starting with the big sentimental stuff <laughs> yeah I just had to get that off my chest but, I appreciate um, you <laughs> alright anyways now that I'm making myself tear up gosh but um stop <laughs> I know so what I want to uh talk about is a little bit of bird stuff so what uh for those of you that don't know christian has developed a passion for birds um and when did this passion start uh i think it's coming up on wow it's coming up on four years ago now um four years ago back in 2017 uh during the summer so about august but really it started a little bit more in june because um that summer i decided i wanted to kind of review some <laughs> talking about being myself i i fully embrace the nerdiness inside mm-hmm. and um i wanted to prepare for a course that i knew i was going to be taking and it was a wildlife course but basically it was a lab where we learned how to identify wildlife species um from uh the main four like tetrapod groups like the mm-hmm. uh, amphibians reptiles mammals and birds and uh i do remember you like studying that summer before and thinking oh my god like 
<laughs> summer break started and uh you know you, you've always been the type that like you really want to be prepared you know as much as you possibly can be and uh I right before <laughs> you know college started you were like you know everybody is just waiting to get there and you know kind of bsing the summer but you were you know trying to prepare so yeah and um you know thing. i've I've always been a visual learner first and then what is it the kinetic or kinesthetic uh, learner the something kind of like that tactile <laughs> Um, you know, touch, messing, like mm-hmm. using my hands kind of learner. That's me. I'm, um, that's, I'm a hands. I'm second hands with on. that. <laughs> mm-hmm. And um, so basically what I did, you know, for this class, we had to be able to recognize the pictures of these animals, be able to identify them. But also um, we had to know their calls, so the noises that they made. And we also had to be able to know their common and scientific name. Um, for those who aren't familiar, you know, scientific name is just a Latin uh, two-word name for a different species that can kind of be used, you know, anywhere really. Mm-hmm. So it's, you know, uh, the northern cardinal is cardinalis cardinalis. So, you know, I say cardinal and it could mean a different thing in a different country. But if I say mm-hmm. cardinalis cardinalis, they know it's that specific northern cardinal. So the scientific in names the eastern are, US. are universal? Yeah, exactly. Okay. So even even one step back, one thing that I remember too is um, even before you really had gotten into birds, and I think it was like a freshman year at Clemson that you took um, a class the the class on like plants and trees. Yeah, that was um, that was sophomore year. Um, oh, sophomore but year? that was a similar thing. We had to be able to identify plant species and know the scientific name yeah. for that. Because you like you really all of a sudden like developed like a pretty strong passion for that. Like you would go out and <clears throat> shouts out to Chris. Um, <laughs> you know you would go out and um, like walk around the neighborhood just looking at the trees and trying to identify the trees and stuff. And like you know that passion was like pretty strong for. Maybe that whole like year. I don't know that it went yeah. past that, but that uh, really transitioned. It, I probably would say the you know my time at school definitely uh, helped me be a better naturalist. You really looking at everything in nature, um, you know, from the smallest like bug even. Although I don't know much about insects specifically, mm-hmm. so that's a bad example. But you know, from something simple like a tree to you know whatever bird is flying by or whatever mammal is you know hidden among the reeds in a wetland or something, you know, occasionally running into a raccoon or something. Yeah. Well, do you Um, think that there's any, like, relationship between, you know, you being interested in plants and trees to the extent that you were to, you know, that transferring to birds, or maybe even, like, you being as good at identifying birds just because you feel familiar with the environment? Do you have any um, thoughts on that? I don't know that they're necessarily... Well, they are associated. I, I don't. I wouldn't say that the interest in plants led to the interest in birds or anything. But um, it's a similar thing about how the kind of learner I am and my interest and curiosity about nature, all of that kind of coming together. So, um, there they were related, but not quite in such a way where like, you know, being interested in trees made me be interested in what's in them. Not not necessarily like that, but. Yeah. Um, Definitely, you know, my learning style plus my curiosity about nature, uh, you know, it just grew as I had that class. And so, um, 
you know, eventually as I was coming up on the wildlife class and I was starting to look at these things, um, you know, the point I was uh, getting at before was, you know, just like that uh, tree course, uh, basically I was going and uh, looking at this animal, whatever it was, bird or mammal, whatever, and I would, you know, try and write out the common name and the scientific name multiple times while looking at the bird picture. Mm -hmm. Um, And that was kind of my way of trying my best to learn them. And I did this probably for over 140 species, something like that. I don't, that's a guess, but um, it was a lot of species uh, between the four uh, groups of animals. Um, And it was really fascinating. You know, I, I still thoroughly you know appreciate the level of like identification skill and all of those different areas you know i can i can appreciate being able to identify like reptiles and amphibians especially and you know even recognizing the mammals there's you know fewer in between that you know we might run into but um even the mammals uh definitely are interesting to have learned um but with that so i kind of started in order of how the class goes and basically we went from amphibians to reptiles and then birds and mammals okay and so did um, you have an amphibian phase that we didn't know about <laughs> no <laughs> um not quite the the same level as the birds the amphibians and reptiles you know i thought oh this They're is cool right, but um you know and i, I definitely love reptiles are reptiles are my second favorite group for sure um snakes cool. especially i know not everyone will agree with that but <laughs> snakes are definitely my uh second favorite um but yeah no i um once i got through those those two portions the bird section was actually the biggest mm-hmm. um it had the most um the most powerpoints basically the, <laughs> the most number of birds that i had to learn and Why i do just you think that is because the you know there's a lot of reptiles out there i wouldn't say that there's like more birds than reptiles right um, so in our area, they, there are just fewer that we would run into specifically in the other area. So, um, you know, amphibians, reptiles, there are, there's a good diversity in like the Appalachians. Um, you know, if, if we did more focus on that area, there might be more. Um, but basically the course was focusing on what could be, you know, be seen kind of in the area, kind of in the state pretty easily. And, um... I would say substantially, you know, there's fewer in number of the amphibians or reptiles than birds, you know, especially if you get into like the migratory birds, which, you know, in this course we did year-round stuff, which there's a lot of, um, but there's also, you know, the winter birds that only are here for the winter and the summer birds that are only here for the summer. Um, and then there's some, we, we didn't touch on many of these, but there are some even that are just migrating through, just passing through. Um, that I, I'm sure we touched on a few in the course, but um, we didn't touch on all of those, and that's a big portion of you know a birder's year is uh, looking at those migration periods, um, yeah. kind of in the fall and spring. Yeah. Well, how about um, let's uh, before we talk about the experience that really, really firmly hooked you on birds, which I already know which story that is, but um. Let's go back and talk about even how, um, growing up, you were really pretty invested in animals, and 
you know, I remember you would uh, always watch uh, The Most Extreme and you kept yeah. in a notebook. And um, basically the concept for The Most Extreme is each week they'd come out with a new episode and they'd have a different uh, category like The Most Extreme Killer, The Most Extreme, like what, or uh, you know, animal parents, most extreme, like, venomous uh, animals or most extreme uh, eaters. So it would, you know, like, talk about weird eating strategy, weird Most know, extreme mothers. Strategy. Yeah, most yeah, extreme yeah. mothers. And it would talk about, like, defensive mothers and you mm-hmm. know, um, most extreme fathers, I think, was one also. Yeah, but I just remember um, you would have keep a yeah. notebook and each week keep up with the new episode that came out and keep a list of the top ten and um, yeah. <laughs> you'd always be excited to share that information. You know, do you think um, what do you what do you think it is about uh, people that love animals that uh, you know you have a passion for like sharing that? Does that make sense? I don't know how to phrase that question correctly, but... Yes, I'm not sure what you mean. (laughs) You know, it always seems like, you know, the people that are passionate about animals are also passionate about education, as opposed to, like, you know, it's not so much a selfish thing where, you know, you want to have all the animals to yourself. It's kind of like, the more you know about animals, the more you want to educate. That's just something... Maybe I'm making a statement, not a question... Or an observation, but, you know, I just think it's that, uh, you know, field of... um, uh, that job category there's a lot of people that just like want to share their passion with other people well um through my time at school in particular um a big concept that was taught is that the best way towards conservation is through education mm-hmm. um and i had f- several professors that i respected that kind of made that similar statement And so I think a lot of people who go in this field that work in wildlife conservation and, you know, care about animals, they realize that in order for these animals to be helped, people need to be educated. It's not that, you know, it's not like they're doing anything wrong necessarily. I mean, people are doing things wrong, but it's... it's They don't always know that they are. Right, exactly. You know, not everyone knows. Like, for instance, you know, glass buildings with bird collisions bird collisions mm-hmm. is a huge issue for birds running in the windows because they can't understand the concept of a man-made thing like well, a window can you explain they, that why does that happen that they do that yeah so um basically you know obviously uh we even occasionally will, like run into these glass doors or whatever you know you see the funny videos of people yeah, I've seen hitting their a door a few times <laughs> and um so you know birds obviously it's a man-made thing so it's hard for them to grasp so when they look at that they see a another form of you know an area that they can fly in basically they see another area that they can go into so they Mm -hmm. think okay i can fly through this and you know go forage you know look for food or whatever i was gonna say is that like an exploration thing or do they just you know do they see an archway and think like you know that's like a good thing to go th- like do they see the shape and think like oh that's something probably I go- more I go of through. like a foraging thing like mm-hmm. oh this looks like some open area that i haven't been to i'm gonna go over there you know maybe there's some good food maybe there's you know other birds of my kind something you know whatever it might be um they you know are gonna be thinking i can go through this and then 
you know, they go full speed into the Or, like, if it's glass. a skyscraper, do you think that they just see the reflection of the sky and think it's more sky? Or Well, that's part of it also. So, um, you know, they, they can see sometimes the reflection of the sun, and that can confuse them also, because they... Um, similar, you know, we'll talk about the hummingbird later, but um, hummingbirds, they get stuck in garages so often because a bird's natural instinct is to fly straight upwards. So when they get stuck in a place like a garage, they're, they're thinking upwards is the place to go. So it's hard for them to grasp the concept of if I go downward again, mm. I can get out of the garage. Yeah. Um, so, you know, they see the reflection of the sun. They think, oh, that is upward. That is where I will be safe. And, you know, that's where skyscrapers are kind of that issue there. Mm. Yeah, that's um, interesting. But yeah, so that's a major issue for birds, especially during migration when so many birds are passing through. Um, you know, it's hard to understand kind of what the deal with that is. Yeah, because um, I've told you before, we've had a few, and I've called you when it's happened too, because <laughs> Casey and I will be watching Netflix and all of a sudden we hear, yeah, and it just, you know, we say, oh, that was a bird hitting, hitting the window. And, um, you know, this last time we went outside and... Uh, you know, the bird was actually kind of looked funny because he was just sitting there, but he had his beak open. So he's like mm-hmm. sitting there like he was like, uh, yeah, I remember that frozen, white, white person nut hatch. I remember that one. Yeah. I yeah. remember your yellow billed cuckoo too. I remember being so hyped because I was like, I feel so bad for this bird, but that's such a weird bird for you to get in your yard. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, it's a lifer. So no, <laughs> no, but, um, but this one, uh, I went out and it moved around a few times and uh, right after um, I saw a hummingbird fly up actually to our feeder, which was the first time I've seen a hummingbird this year. And right around the time the hummingbird flew up, the other bird stopped being all paralyzed and it hopped over a couple steps and then it stayed there for a second. And then all of a sudden, you know, a few seconds later, it just goes... And just takes off, you know, like a bullet, you know. Yeah, a lot gone. of times, what the ones that like manage making it out okay, a lot of times it's just they kind of need to gather themselves. You know, they're they're shaken, they're shocked, yeah. um, and it just you know might take a couple minutes. Even it's like getting to... hit by a professional football player, <laughs> <laughs> blindsided, and you wake up and you're like, it "Just happened." Basically, <laughs> yeah. So let's uh, dive into the story that got you hooked into birds officially because i know you had already kind of started to develop your passion but it was really locked in with this story and i'm involved yeah so that's, that's pretty cool yeah so just the precursor you know as i was and uh, casey and casey was there yeah too. casey was there casey too. was there <laughs> um, and casey's here too she's not she hasn't talked yet but she's here <laughs> um <laughs> so a precursor you know with this studying over the summer, I started to realize, you know, how diverse uh, birds were, just how many differences in plumage, you know, the feathers or in their beaks, all this different stuff, um, you know, the time of year uh, that they were in certain areas and all that stuff. I just saw such a diversity um, and I just grew more and more interested. Um, and 
I feel bad because our mammals are cool, but I kind of <laughs> skimmed over the mammals after that um, <laughs> because I was just like so intrigued by this group of birds. You know, I that like feathers are way better than hair. Let's, just, <laughs> let's be real. Let's be real let's here. Be real. <laughs> Eggs over live birth all day. <laughs> Wings over arms, yes. Yeah. Come on. How many humans, if they could choose a superpower, what would it be? Fly. To fly. To fly. <laughs> if you're birds, what would you already be able to do? Fly. Fly. <laughs> all right, all right, let's continue. Hopefully not in the windows. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If, imagine if birds had human brains. <laughs> they would never fly into windows or buildings. They would probably rule the world. <laughs> yeah, actually, they probably would rule the, the world. The relative Run, of, flying around with machine guns. They're the, like. they're the, the last living relative of uh, dinosaurs. They they would just rule the world. They yeah, would they yeah. the dinosaurs would be in control of the world. Again. Be like pterodactyl <laughs> human. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Anyways, but um, yeah, no, I. Uh, so uh, this over the summer this interest was kind of building you know there were a couple trips like up north I was identifying birds and stuff that I hadn't really paid attention to probably annoying my family up north but it was fine Mm -hmm. I was enjoying myself um no they're great we weren't bothered down south don't worry (laughs) (laughs) um and then uh in August August 17th specifically um 19th oof yeah, 19th of get August. straight, Christian. I know, I need to get it together. Um, yeah, no, it was the 19th, I apologize. But um, 19th of August, uh, this hummingbird, a uh, female hummingbird, got stuck in our garage. And uh, you, Nathan, um, That's you me. know... <laughs> uh, Nathan told me that there was a hummingbird stuck in the garage, and uh, Casey was with him. And what my role is, I told Nathan there was a hummingbird stuck in the garage. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So Casey is really the reason why Christian is passionate about birds. And this is why we love you. (laughs) Yep. I had to keep her after that. (laughs) Um. But yeah, the uh, the hummingbird was stuck, and what we've done in the past before being interested in birds at all. Um, we used a rake, not in any aggressive way, but we would... And or broom. Yeah, and or broom. Um, I just have one distinct memory prior to this, like, we used a rake and it, we, like, helped it out of the rake. Um, shockingly enough, a hummingbird stuck in the garage again. Um, but yeah, no, uh, you know, we used a rake this time, um, and basically all we would do is, like, put it up high enough where... You know, if it wanted to land or if it came by, um, you know, it could get on the rake and we could bring it down and, you know, out of the garage. We definitely had a few times, I don't know if it was with the hummingbird or not, but with, I know we've had a couple birds that had gotten stuck in the garage where we used the same technique. And I know that there were a couple times where you'd, you'd get it on the broom or the, the rake or whatever. <laughs> and as soon as it's on there, you start walking in slow motion because you just hope that it doesn't hop off before you right. get out of the garage. <laughs> And I just remember some of those times where it definitely hopped off before, and you'd just be so frustrated because you're like, "Bro, I'm trying to help you." <laughs> yeah, mom, mom, and I we spent like about thirty minutes one time trying to get a wren out of the garage. And yeah, that it was a young wren, and it didn't understand what was going on, so it was just like, 
I don't like this. I'm going to keep moving from you guys. Like, You're like, you guys nope. are so smart sometimes and so stupid sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, this hummingbird kept flying around. You know, we struggled for several minutes. And uh, it was very notably, like, running into cobwebs, like, up high in the garage. So it was staying high, kind of like I mentioned before, where they, they try and go up high for that protection. Um, there's not many safety. there's not many cobwebs in that garage either because my father keep kept it impeccable you know it was a very clean garage all the time <laughs> <laughs> anyway I was just pointing that out yes definitely definitely always very clean and not cluttered <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah, no, it, uh, by the end, it uh, had a lot of cobwebs in its wings and feathers. We didn't really get a good look at it um, until shortly after, though. Um, this bird actually got herself out of the garage, um, and we had a, a moment of excitement, but I, I kind of watched her as she went out, and I just see her go up a little bit, and then I see this slow decline into our neighbor's yard. Yeah, so um, from our yard, too, we have a cul-de-sac. So it left our driveway, went over the cul-de-sac, and into the grass of the, the yard across, all the way across the um, cul-de-sac there. So, mm-hmm. I don't know, maybe like, what is that, 100 feet, maybe? Something like that. Yeah. Not prob- far. Probably not far at all, no. And it landed in the grass, and Christian's like, I think it just landed in the grass. <laughs> yeah, and um, we run over, and this bird had web on its beak, and its wings were completely covered in the, this web, and the tail had some too, even. So, this bird would not have survived if we just like left it there. Yeah. And she was exhausted, you know. She just laid down in the grass right there, you know. She couldn't really do a whole lot. Um, so we picked her up, and uh, Nathan, I picked her up. Yeah. <laughs> Because you wanted to. you you asked me can I, I can I be the one to hold it and you pick the cobwebs <laughs> out and I was like okay yeah, um, you were definitely better for that job though <laughs> it was the more delicate of the two I held it and he mm-hmm. um, I very delicately pulled the cobwebs out I pulled it off the beak pulled it out of the wing feathers and for about a minute she kind of uh, sat in my hands and um, or Nathan's hands excuse me and uh, you know. I just couldn't help but think, you know, I had this interest in birds. I couldn't help but think, like, this small bird traveled so far over the Gulf of Mexico, um, you know, migrating up here. And, you know, she happened to arrive in in our location around the same time that we happened to be paying attention there. Um, Like, what are the chances? Yeah. Right. What are the chances that this interaction really happened? And um, Well, the thing that I thought was pretty notable, too, that was... It really just let us do it. Right. When I picked it up, it didn't, like, fuss or do anything. It didn't move around. While you picked off the uh, the spider web, it didn't really fuss or move around or anything. You know, we looked at it for a couple seconds, and then once I really, you know, instead of kind of cupping my hands over, once I really opened things up, yeah, then I, mean, I think it finally was, took off. Yeah, she was there at least another, like, 10 or 20 seconds maybe yeah. I want to say but mm-hmm. then you know eventually she you know took off and flew off and we did not see her land again so we knew she yeah. was okay um, but it was but, that was definitely like a once in a lifetime experience that right really and um, super cool that's what that's what birders call a spark bird you know I 
I like I like to think at this point in my um, you know birding career, so <laughs> to speak, I have a couple spark birds, you know, just keep key members or key birds through that summer um but the ruby-throated hummingbird was definitely my big spark bird like if some another birder asked me what it was um that experience was definitely what really sparked my interest which is why they call it spark bird it's the one that really gets you interested in birding Mm -hmm. um and not everyone has one you know sometimes they're just interested in general um you know sometimes they're interested in nature and so that just happens to include birds um, so not everybody really has a, uh, spark bird, so to speak, or maybe they don't even realize that they have one, you know, there might've been a bird that they just never thought about, uh, being that spark. Um, but yeah. Well, the, I think the spark bird too, not necessarily only applies to, and I don't want to say just birders, but like, I think obviously you would know if like something clicks and you're like, oh man, this is something that I really love and I'm passionate about. You know? Right. You know, so I think that like. You know, having a spark bird is kind of unique. You know, it's not necessarily something that everybody gets just because, you know, I don't know that I'll ever have a spark bird that, you know, right really gets me that, you know, interested. I, you know, that like I'm interested in animals, period. So, like, if there's like a unique thing, even all the pictures I'll send you um, of different birds and stuff on Facebook that I see, like, I'm like, oh, this is so cool. You know, yeah. like, so it's not like it's. But, like, there's nothing that has, like, sparked me the way it has you. So, right. you know, that's where it's, it is pretty cool to have that, you know, feeling where something clicks and you're like, this is what I love, you know. Like, not everybody gets that, especially, you know, being younger, too. Like, yeah, I've, for sure. I've had it for a long time with music, you know, so I kind of know what that feels like to, mm-hmm. like, know what you really love and care about you know yeah for and sure. i love casey but you know <laughs> i love music <laughs> a lot too <laughs> but it's cool to have like something that like you know something click and made you know spark that fire inside you and not everybody gets that so that's definitely an, a cool thing to have right yeah for sure yeah well i got a piece so i'm gonna have casey ask you questions about me. About you? <laughs> you want headphones? Yeah. Okay. Let me slide over. What I, what I was saying, you know, remember he... Yeah, sorry, I couldn't, I, I couldn't tell what the... Yeah, I remember, remember he could recite all the dinosaurs, and then remember when we went to Washington, D.C., and we were in the, the Natural Museum, and he's... We're like, what's oh, that? And Chris, sure. it's a lake. So what's no, that? I don't really remember that. But yeah, yeah. That, that is a good point. Like Giant ground sloth. Before, uh, <laughs> before even getting involved in animals, you were like obsessed with dinosaurs. You were obsessed like, with dinosaurs. You're like, then, I like dead animals. He <laughs> <laughs> was obsessed with the mammals. Like, you know, the, you know like... Yeah. And I gotta pee. I can't hold it. <laughs> All right. So while he's gone, I will point out my second integral part of that day is I took the pictures. <laughs> you did a very good job. And I, I I always remember the fact that you were there despite us joking like, oh, yeah, Casey was there. Yeah, no. I do always remember that it was the three of us that did it. <laughs> All right. So, Nathan, how bad of a... No, big... I'm Christian. Yeah. <laughs> How bad of a big brother was he? <laughs> uh, he was definitely the worst. Um, you know, he bullied me all the time, and I definitely hate him always and forever. No, he's a great brother. 
he's always been very loving and caring um you know always looking out for me really you know even when we butt heads you know he he would he would pick on me but um you know he was always making sure i was okay and making sure i was happy and stuff so uh, he was always there for me whenever I needed him. And Good. still it's, always is. <laughs> no, he's not a bully for the kids coming out. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's still kind of a bully. <laughs> Actually, there was one time when you left the room crying and he turned to me and he said, I'll go, Mom. <laughs> so, when do you think your relationship with Nathan really got to like a closer bond? Like, were you always super close, or was there a certain, like, point where you think y'all got a lot closer? Well, um, I, I have memories, you know, it's, it's, it's funny, like, looking back, I know we were a lot closer, but, you know, like I said, you know, we would, we would, you know, poke fun at each other, and we would occasionally get on each other's nerves and stuff, Mm -hmm. but, um, from really a young age, you know, I would try and sleep in his room and I'd, you know, watch TV with him like late into the night, you know, we'd watch Family Guy or something like that and uh, we'd watch for a while and then I would just like hang out with him uh, in his room and stuff. So really the the bond started early. Um, I was just too young and immature at the time to really acknowledge like how good of a bond it was Mm -hmm. because, you know, I mean, we're brothers, like we were, we would, you know, get on each other's nerves and stuff, but you know, we love each other and all that. And, you know, we had good times watching, you know, watching shows together and, you know, just spending time with each other, so. I forgot we used to watch Family Guy. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> I remember. It was no, very I mean, important that, to him, Nathan. No, 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 you mentioned it, though. Like, I remember, I need to be over there talking about it, but. Then get over here. God. <laughs> so lazy. I'm But yeah, I remember staying up <laughs> watching Family Guy with you. Oh, now you remember. <laughs> I do, I do. You definitely probably weren't old enough to be watching Family Guy. <laughs> 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 watching Family Guy with Christians? Yeah, yeah. And that's when um we shared a room too, but... Here, I'm trying to have Casey keep asking some questions. Oh, we didn't share a room. You just let me sleep in there all the time. <laughs> yeah, well, so... What I slept we... in a chair. The 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 big blue rocking chair that we used no, to so... have, the recliner. Do you remember the recliner? Not even mm-hmm. the bed, though. Yeah, like... no, no, he wouldn't because we didn't have a bed in there at first, so... You didn't scoot I over had, um... so you could share a bed? So how did, how did it go, how did it go I from... I. I never did share beds, and until I have, like, a significant other, I will, I I refuse (laughs) to share a bed with somebody. Yeah. Like, I I accept that it will happen one day, but, like, with him and Tyler, I will not share a bed with them. No, but I'm trying to remember, so, what, what happened, though, did, how did we go from the room setups? Do you guys remember? It was you and Tyler. This was at Me the point. Tyler. This was at the point where you were in the room at the end of the hallway, and Tyler was in his own room, and I was in but what was originally the, right before the that twin. I'm saying. Yeah. So yeah. Like right before we each kind of got our own rooms, 
Because there was a reason that me and you, you and I shared a room, right? The bunk bed. Right, Mom? That he and I I shared a room? So then finally, I think I wanted my own room. And then that's when you and I had been so used to have shared. Did we really share a room? Yeah. Yeah. Your room, right? Tyler and Nathan shared a room, and then you and Nathan shared a room. Didn't we share his room? Like the... Was that for long? Uh, I remember them sharing a room, and I remember I think when we were in separate rooms, and I would just go and be with him. But I think that was because we had shared a room before, and you when did. I finally you two shared you yeah we shared a room us. for a while, and so when it would we, make sense what I told when you we separated. <laughs> yeah, I think you, you know, still wanted to, and I was like. Yeah, I guess you can. Like, but I said that like every night because I wanted you in there. <laughs> I wanted you in there too, you know. Because your room was a family room upstairs, so we only used. The yeah, yeah. So we had y'all converted it to a family room for a little while while Tyler got his own room, and then me and Christian shared. Right, you guys shared. And the I was beds. like, all right, give me my own, <laughs> and I want the biggest room in the house. But Christian can still sleep. With <laughs> and room. Christian, come on, you can join me sometimes. <laughs> Let's watch a show you shouldn't be watching. Yeah. <laughs> Let's watch Family Guy. Yep. <laughs> Giggity. Our plan is to do a video where Christian takes me on a birding excursion and kind of explains to me a little bit of what's going on and, you know, what he hears and what I should be hearing and this and that. So. Remember the hawk on our porch, too? That was yeah, that was a good story, too. That, that was, was a cool was story. I was jealous. That, at that point, I was a bird nerd, so I at that point, I was I was jealous, like, hearing about that story and seeing the pictures. Yeah, and Mom was a master filmographer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what was that? When, <laughs> <laughs> I was loaded with sarcasm. <laughs> with the hawk on the uh, screen porch. Uh, remember the video yeah. I never... So she was very well. With the pressure of video taking. It was very well intended, and I, it was the classic, really the classic mix-up. Because you're not the first person to do this. You're not the last. <laughs> where you uh, think you hit record, and it's not actually recording. So I don't know if maybe she bumped record when I first handed it to her, and then so when she hit it, it stopped recording. But the event did ended up not re- Tell being the recorded. Was- Huge. Yeah, so the hawk was what? <laughs> Chris. Well, oh, yeah, Christian wasn't there. Yeah, so it was maybe like a foot tall. Yeah, about a foot size. tall, and um, it had it had come through the screen door and left like a small hole, so obviously it couldn't get back out through that screen door and um, or screen Orange. hole, and um, it uh, at the end had kind of ended up kind of hanging out in the corner. And uh, it really was, it ended up facing the corner too. So it was in the corner, facing the corner, not facing us. Um, its back was towards us. And I don't know what kicked into me where I just had known I had seen so many videos of people putting their hands over the wings, wings of the uh, bird to like hold it. Mm-hmm. And so that's all I did is I kind of like started up towards the top and worked my hands down to grab it on the sides kind of just squeeze to make sure I held it and it it did a little you know flail thing it was it was mild though it didn't really right. really try to yeah um, it was probably in like, shock a away. little bit you know oh just cause yeah something grabbed I mean, it, it. Yeah, yeah yeah but then it it instantly it was just like a one you know little shimmy like that and then it stopped so it, it kind of seemed like it knew I was helping it and then you know I just walked it out the door and 
Let it go. So yeah, that was super cool. <laughs> yeah, um, let's talk about that bird because uh, that's a that it's just an interesting thing with uh, you know the hawk species that we have. So that bird, you know, the pictures I identified it as a Cooper's hawk, and it was a Cooper's hawk. Mm-hmm. Um, Cooper's hawks are accipiters, and uh, basically hawks can be kind of split in two groups in in South Carolina at least. Um, kind of the occipiters and then the buteo, um, the genus buteo, which is basically like larger, broad-winged hawks. Mm-hmm. So not, you know, thin wings that are meant for speed, but broader wings that are meant for just long-distance gliding and stuff. You know, the ones that circle around like red-tailed hawks that, you know, we think of typically that do the loud screech, um, which by the way, what does it sound like? Give us, give us an example. Come on, <laughs> come on. <clears throat> um, that sounds like a baby but no, dinosaur. It's the, uh, it's the sound that you hear the generic bird of prey in any movie basically make. Kind of like so a screechy. So a lot of times, yeah, and a lot of times they put that sound over bald eagles to make them sound cooler. But bald eagles basically make like a whistly like. Um, which isn't very manly for, you know, a bald eagle. So, no. uh, they do put the red-tailed hawk call Sounds over bald. them a lot of times in commercials and in, uh, movies and stuff. Um, but anyway, that's just my, <laughs> my little soapbox on the side there. Mm-hmm. Um, but Cooper's hawks and, uh, sharp-shinned hawks, the, those are our two occipiters that, uh, live in South Carolina. Cooper's hawk is a year-round and the sharp-shinned is a winter bird. Um, but they're known for high-speed flight, uh, so they'll have thinner wings in general, um, and they're just rapid wing beats, and they're excellent flyers. You know, they'll, what is um, high-speed, do you know, about miles per hour-ish? Uh, I do not know numbers, okay. but I do know that they are fast enough to go after birds, so that's kind of um, where I was getting at with this. Yeah. Um, you know, they'll, they'll be able to go fast, like in between trees, they can go in forests and really maneuver really well, kind of impressively. And, um, uh, they will go after birds. So occipiters will target, uh, feeders, which at the time I had a bird feeder right by the, uh, screen porch. So it was likely targeting some kind of bird at the time or, you know, missed his mark. Yeah, Mrs. Mark went through the screen. That's likely how that happened. You know, at the time, I didn't know how that, you know, set of events Seriously, would yeah. go about. But um, Can you imagine you're just like, what the? <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> I thought I was about to eat a bird. <laughs> but, um, yeah, no, so that was that was likely why the Cooper's Hawk ended up in the screen porch, because they, they are known to go after birds specifically, and they, you know, they are capable of doing it because they are such good flyers. Mm-hmm. Um, compared to the the Budio uh, hawks, which will usually go after slower stuff like you prettier. know mammals like that are they harder to harder to get and stuff. Um, Why do they call them Budio? They got the word beauty in it. I don't. Let's look up. Let's look up the. I word. thought you were about to take a sip of beer. I was like, I don't know. I need I need another sip of beer first before <laughs> I figure this out. So I'm gonna I'm gonna look this up real fast. Didn't you just have a hawk land on one of your feeders recently? I did, and that is, funny enough, that is um, a red-shouldered hawk, which is one of the Budios, um, and it is a different type. It wasn't Cooper? Correct. 
It was not uh, Cooper. I, Cooper. I missed Cooper. Um, I thought the Cooper was stalking. But it was probably just stalking. waiting. So that's what she said. Okay, so Butio is Latin name for a common buzzard, which is basically like the, uh, you know, uh, African kind of equivalent to a lot of hawk species. And, um, you know, buzzard isn't necessarily like vultures. You know, we call them buzzards here in the the south, but that's not a correct term for vultures. Um, it, it is a term for, you know, species uh, on in the, um, the old world. So... Um, but yeah, so that's basically the idea of that because they're similar in appearance to them in general. Not too shabby. All right, so we'll leave the last... Uh, we're at about 45 minutes-ish now. Oh, wow. So we'll leave the last <laughs> few questions to, to Casey. I'll let her, I'll let her think, think deeply of one or two more questions to ask. It can be anything, anything about our childhood... Anything about anything. What's the most embarrassing thing you can think of that Nathan has done? It's a good one. Oh. I need dirt. <laughs> I don't know if I can think of anything in particular. What's the lamest thing? <laughs> Actually, there was the one time I don't know if you'll want me to mention this, but <laughs> Do it. He's there's all the one for time we open. went to we went to Zaxby's <laughs> together and he's we saw a police car at one point and we were we like acknowledged that the police car was there while we were oh. driving <laughs> yeah and you, then you can tell this story you can tell this story this okay, okay. Up. he's gonna tell um, it anyways he 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 spilled one of the drink well he he didn't like actively like spill it because he wasn't like holding it but the cup holder i guess well, i don't like this drink flip yeah, the the cup holder in that that car that was one of the older cars that didn't really have good cup holders, right? It was it, so it wasn't I'll, a stable cup holder. I'll let you tell the story from your perspective, and then I'll tell the story from my perspective. <laughs> oh my okay, God. so okay. all right. So if I recall correctly, the cup holders were really bad. They, um, were, they were. And so the the cup, um, you know, on one of our, I guess the a turn out of somewhere or something. I don't I don't really exactly. know how that part of it happened. Um, I'll, wait. I'll wait. Sorry, but uh. <laughs> You, you might have a better memory of no, that okay, particular okay. part. Um, but I remember, you know, the drink spill and he kind of like, he reacted and we went on to the curb briefly oh, yeah. and then we came back off and Nathan was just like, man, I hope that police car didn't see us. And I just remember like looking back watching like just to see and I remember seeing him pull out and I'm like, oh, Nathan, he's pulling out. And I was like, oh, he's coming closer. <laughs> and he turns on his light and we're like, oh, no. <laughs> um, and then I remember the police officer when he, uh, when Nathan had the window open and he first came up. He was like, what are you doing? <laughs> um, and, uh, you know, the officer just gave him a warning. Um, you know, he was nice about it. He was like, you can't let that happen. You know, you can't, like, react that way because it's not going to be safe for driving. Um, you know, blah, blah, blah. It was it was very nice of him to only give a warning. You know, it's, yeah, it was. It, thankfully, it wasn't, like, a huge deal. You know, it didn't cause any real issues. So, um, it worked out in the end. But it was, uh, that was a funny, uh, kind of silly <laughs> memory there. Yeah, so I'm I'm trying to think of uh, how old you were too, because I probably had just first started driving, so I was probably like sixteen or seventeen, maybe. Like yeah, I don't think I, I was fifteen because then that would have just been a permit. I would have had to drive with an adult. So 
16. Yeah, I got I got my restricted at 15 and a half, but um, I want to say I was probably like 16 or 17 at that point. That, but, that's um, probably safe. But that would, safe bet. that would put you at what? How how many years younger are you than me now? Two. Two. How old are you? How many are you younger three. than me now? Three. <laughs> yeah, now then. I'm I'm three tomorrow. years younger than you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so. So you, I just remember you being a little bit more younger and innocent. So maybe you were like 12. I don't know. But maybe, I don't know. Cause I mean, either way. Anyways, anyways. So what happened? I was driving in Pops Lexus, which just had the thin little plastic uh, holders for the cups. Yeah, so they weren't like a, like a hole in the, um, in the thing. They were uh, like just the plastic rings, and so if you had mm-hmm. like a larger cup, like you would from Zaxby's, basically they would be too tall, and the the too weight tall would, and too thin. be too top heavy, and so like if you made a turn, um, you could like knock over the cup, and so a lot of times when I'd be driving with Pop, we'd go through the drive-through. He would always ask whoever's riding with him to hold the cups while he made a turn because you know he knew that they would knock over, mm-hmm. and so. <laughs> Christian and I had just picked up Zaxby's and we we're heading back to the house. So I made a right turn out of Zaxby's. And as I made that right turn, um, that's a pretty busy uh, road there. And so a lot of cars were coming. So I, I remember I tried to turn and like go real quick because the cars were coming. And when I made that first turn, the uh, Dr. Pepper or whatever that I had spilled over into my lap. And so I just instinctually, like naturally, let go of the steering wheel to to grab the drink because when it spilled, you know, again, I didn't even really like think about my reaction. I just, my reaction was like, oh my God, like what's happening? (laughs) And so I let go of the steering wheel for a second. And so because I had just made such a hard right turn pulling out of the Zaxby's, the steering wheel was still pretty far to the right. Mm-hmm. And so instead of straightening it back out, you know, I was already starting to um, accelerate, like I said. And so when I accelerated and my hands were not on the steering wheel anymore, the car went up on the curb for a second. And um, there had been a cop that was in the Dems parking lot. That's right. That's which where is a was. jewelry store that was right next door to Zaxby's. And he had just... He had been like at the um, entrance of the Dems, and so it wasn't like he was sitting in a parking spot. He was um, about to pull out of that parking lot and pull onto the main road. <laughs> and so, like as I pull onto the main road, he's back there waiting for his turn to pull onto the main road. So I pull onto the main road, go up on the curb for a second, you know, realize that I let go of the steering wheel, grab the steering wheel again, and straighten it back out, and get back on the road and drive again. And um, the Zaxby's is kind of at, like, the top of a hill, too. Yeah. And so I get kind of, like, toward, like, the middle or the bottom of the hill. And all of a sudden, I'm looking in my rear view. And over the top of the hill, I see the blue lights. And I see him coming flying down. (laughs) And I knew that was for me. Oh, and the other thing, too. uh, I didn't didn't used to cuss back in the day. It's probably a better thing. But, um... This was the first time when, like, just because out of, like, pure fear, I'd, and any time that I ever maybe cussed, I definitely didn't do it in front of Christian. And um, this was the first time 
that uh, I just remember I spewed probably every word possible because I, just out of like pure fear while I was, <laughs> while I was up on the, the sidewalk, I was like, shit, shit, damn God. <laughs> you know, I said everything. And I just remember that I like said every swear word and feeling like, oh my God, I can't believe I just like said all that in front of Christian. And then, you know, I saw the lights behind me and I remember I said to Christian, that's for me. Like I, I told him, I was like, that's for me. So I pulled over and then Christian is right when uh the cop came up to the window and from what i can remember he goes what the heck was that <laughs> so either way he just asked me like purely confused and i was like i'm sorry i turned and the drink spilled in my lap and so my hands came off the wheel and i went on the show like i'm sorry and i was like i spilled my drinks and he's like you need to be like more focused on the road not worried about spilling your drinks i was like i'm sorry i didn't mean to and uh he just gave me a warning good guy cop right he was there. a good guy he was a good guy yeah you were sincere i i thought you handled I it I went, at the time i as I a, like, as a child not knowing anything about like car interactions with police or anything like i thought you handled it well because yep, <laughs> yep. that was probably one of the first few times i got pulled over too i'm sure yeah <laughs> very intense though i was definitely scared and like, you were in the back seat. Like, you weren't even drive- allowed to sit in the front, I don't think. like I thought I, I was in the passenger seat. I don't know. I think you were in the back seat. I don't know. I remember, I remember you being in the back seat for some reason. I don't know. Were we with, like, one of your friends or something? No, it was just us two. It was just I was, us. I don't know. It was just us. Because we went to Zaxby's. I probably went to Zaxby's for you. <laughs> probably. <laughs> never would this is your fault, Christian. <laughs> I just realized. <laughs> yeah, you got Zaxby's too okay. <laughs> yeah. Christian I mean, went home and made a top ten list of words to use when you're mad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Starting even, with shit and damn. I don't even remember that part of it, so yeah. it, oh, makes, I remember it makes that. it makes sense. That's that definitely you something would. that's like logged into my brain. I was like, I cussed so much. Like I just remember I, I never cussed and I just remember I was like I said a lot of words. <laughs> I mean, it, it makes sense. I'm not surprised that you did, but like, yeah. I just don't remember that aspect of it. Yeah, yeah, but that's like a, a pretty pretty great memory. I'm glad that you remember it. <laughs> it was a lot of fun, so. Good All right, well, Christian, appreciate you hopping on the podcast here in Nashville, Tennessee. Yeah, of course. You're the only 10 I see. Hey. <laughs> Thanks, I love you too. Yeah, Casey's... At least a nine and a half. I thought about making that joke several times while we were driving today, but I was like, I'm going to get in real annoying real quick. If I- <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. But Casey has to say what the felt because we haven't said it yet. I know. You've been so slack lately. I'll just get right to the point. What the felt? No. You got to say it. All right. Put some effort in. Let's let Christian take it over this time. So thank you oh, guys no. for listening to another episode of What the Felt? All right. We love you guys. Take care. Go ahead and follow this man if you're uh, interested in birds and you have any questions. Follow him on Instagram at the bird nerd. SC bird nerd. SC with underscores. SC underscore bird underscore nerd. SC underscore bird underscore nerd. All right. You heard it here first. Go check him out. Bye. 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 I still smile. When the rain comes down, 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 the rain comes down.
call back Swinging for the fence like a baseball bat I'm stacking up on love, money ain't all that A lot of work, no days off But I know that karma's gonna pay that back I wanna tell my mama, kick your feet up, relax Only couple homies know me, I got they back Tryna put a million in the bank, dog. Me and the wife finna chase that bag Hangman, that's my dog, we a back It's DOS cause I sleep when I'm dead So when the clouds